What's up? This is the tallest podcast on earth. Um, there's no sense in really holding the microphone. I have a microphone stand right here. I don't know if I just don't know how to work it or it doesn't genuinely work, but I'm over trying to figure it out. I spent so much time in the past trying to find a way to stop making all sorts of breathing noises. That's why every once in a while you'll see me go like this. It's because I'm trying not to breathe into the microphone, so it's just not the most annoying listening experience you've ever had in your life. And it's probably annoying just to watch me do it. So if you're watching this, I'm sorry. If you're listening to this, you're welcome. Um, look, been wanting to start a podcast for a long time, and I've put off, I've probably made 50 episodes and put out none of them because I'm too much, I'm too critical of myself to ever really put something out into the world. I'll say something and then be like, I actually, there was a something better I could have said there. I didn't fully explain myself. And I think a lot of that is because I just don't, I don't like being misunderstood. And I think, I don't care. I think something I've, I've, I've never been someone to really, really care about random strangers' opinions and feelings of me. And I know that's maybe a cliche thing to say, but really I haven't. It's just that I'm so self-critical and there's people that I really highly respect. And if I put something out and I think they wouldn't like it or, um, you know, maybe it's, it's really they wouldn't like it or that it's not funny or that it's not educational or that there's just, uh, there's too much to say. And the point I'm trying to make is I'm taking a step. Your boy's taking a step in the right direction, hopefully. You know, the point of this podcast really will be to educate people, volleyball players, middle blockers, it doesn't matter, coaches, just gen ed, gen pop maybe is the better word, just whatever. I want to share my experience as a professional volleyball player. Probably should have started with an intro, already blowing this first podcast. That's exactly how I predicted it would be. So I'm Taylor Averill. I'm playing professional volleyball out here in Poland. I also play for Team USA as a middle blocker. And I just am very excited to start sharing my experience with the world because the truth is not that many professional players are sharing their experience. And I'm really excited to be one of the people to do that because I think there's so much that as a professional athlete, we deal with constantly, um, mental, physical, there's so much we can dive into and I'm gonna dive head first, you know, I'm gonna dive head first. So also I would like to eventually make this something where you guys can send in questions. It'd be sick if I could figure out how to do a hotline. If I don't know if, uh, if I can get some sort of burner phone that like a drug dealer would have and you guys could call in and we could talk about things. That'd be great. The audio quality on this podcast, who knows what it'll be. I'm like, I'm holding the microphone. I don't know why it's uncomfortable for me, but we're going to do it. We're going to learn. I would put it back in this stand, but I don't trust it to be honest. This little pop filter I don't think it honestly makes much of a difference. And uh, I've spent months trying to figure out how to get it work. There's feedback. It's just been a constant nightmare. So we finally said, fuck it. And we're just going to put stuff out there. So 
let's get to the meat here. The meat and potatoes is, um, well, actually, I lied. Here's where we're going to start. Ha, here's where we're going to start. That's the hardest part is starting anything. I mean, I, I started putting out workout content for volleyball players, I don't know, a year ago. But fuck, I've been wanting to do it for so long just to educate and help people and share my opinion. I just saw so much garbage out there, so much noise, drills from coaches who it's not their fault, but they just never played at a high level. They don't know what they're doing. They're trying to get kids excited about volleyball and giving them these drills. Like that, there's this viral video of this drill where this coach is just mindlessly tossing balls and this girl's just hitting one after the other under the net. And right when I saw that, I was like, this is why the world needs you, Taylor. And the rest of the, the professional volleyball players who have plenty of experience they could be sharing to help the youth. This is why the world needs you guys. So that's my ultimate goal is to be a part of the solution. So I want to answer your questions. In fact, I actually, through my Instagram, Averill 13 I actually asked you guys a handful of questions. Or not a handful. I sent you a thing and said, if you have questions, like what's holding you back in the volleyball world? And uh, I got a handful of responses that quite honestly were not a surprise. Uh, very classic, um, you know, people saying they don't have the resources or they don't know where to look and maybe their college coach uh, doesn't know what he's doing or they don't trust them or they're part of, probably part of a really boring system. And uh, eventually I'd like to build maybe a YouTube channel. I don't know. Maybe something where I can share a lot of the drills and philosophy um, that I, I have when it comes to volleyball. And a big part of that for me is um, I think my volleyball philosophy is to make things slightly more chaotic and more at a higher intensity. It's the same with some of the training I do where it's almost like train at the speed of sport or faster. And I think the hardest part for most coaches is to find drills that they think are at game speed because a lot of times we see like hitting lines or we see blocking lines and it's just mindless work. And so it's, it can be tough for a lot of um, coaches to come up maybe with drills that actually have some, some value and replicate what it's like at game speed. Because ultimately, like more, more or less, if you wanna get better at volleyball, play more games. Because games, I mean, volleyball is the best teacher ultimately, but playing two hours of six on six every day um, to some degree doesn't allow you to take time to get technical. And so this philosophy I kind of adopted at Hawaii and has have now found a way to add it into my everyday volleyball career as a professional over the last seven years, which is making, finding ways to make things harder and not just harder because it needs to be harder, but more challenging. I mean, doing peppering and throwing the ball back and forth for the first 10, 15 minutes of practice every day Sometimes it's great just to touch the ball, sure, but I'm not really benefiting from doing that. It's the same with hitting lines. Hitting against no block for 10, 15, 20 minutes. Last year in France, it was terrible. We were hitting against nobody for like the first 30 minutes of practice. That stuff to me is worthless. Maybe a couple minutes if you need it, but for the most part, it's worthless because there's so many better ways to train those things. Um, obviously, me talking about them are not gonna be as exciting as me showing you, which I'll do at some point in my life to give back. But yeah, so my more or less, I, I've found ways personally to 
to make some of the drills that I think are really boring and don't help me at all and find ways to, to make them challenging. For example, if we do hitting lines, maybe the first couple of balls, I'll just warm up swing for fun, but then, you know, I'm working on transition and forcing myself to be as late as possible um, and like really stay along the net until the ball's being passed, then hop off really quick. Like really try to um, work on the toughest game situations I can think of because if you get really good at the really hard stuff, the game slows down. Then all of a sudden, it's getting a full long approach. It's just so much easier um, to succeed. So if you're just always practicing the easy stuff because it feels good, hitting lines feel good. Don't get me wrong. There's a time and place, but when it comes to improving, I just don't find it that beneficial. But look, I don't want this whole beginning of this podcast to be about that. We'll dive deeper into that, I'm sure, at some point. Um, I would like to talk about injury because that was another common response I got on this Instagram questionnaire was people saying they're constantly injured. And it's a unique thing. I mean, I've had my fair share of injuries. I still deal with really bad plantar fasciitis and I'm wondering how, why I spend so much time taking care of my body in every way. I mean, I'm showing up an hour before training most times to, you know, work on things that were a problem for me. I had shoulder surgery 10 years ago. Haven't had a problem since, you know, I had knee surgery three years ago. Hadn't really been painful since, um, you know, the plantar fasciitis thing is strange to me because it's like, how could I have avoided it? You know, and then you get caught in this loop because the reality is, I mean, it's 30 degrees out, um, Fahrenheit and, uh, which is like, I don't know, zero or something in Celsius. Anyways, it's fucking freezing out and it's dark. I have a ring light on and it's three in the afternoon cause this apartment gets no light and there's really no light out there. So, you know, I think we sacrifice so much as professional athletes to do this. And so if you have an injury or something, it just can completely take over your mind. And one thing that I learned early was if you have an injury that you feel is something serious, go get it checked out, go get an MRI, go get a scan and just know, because the, the lesson I learned, I was playing in Chamont and I started getting pain, like a sharp pain in my patella tendon. And I wasn't sure what it was. And the usual, the common response is, oh, we, we've seen this a thousand times. It's, it's tendonitis. And so I was like, okay, sure, it's some tendonitis, some inflammation in the patella tendon. That's fine. And then it just got worse and worse. And then it just maintained this, this spot of like, this is terrible. And so what I would do is practice at a like 50, 60%. Some of the guys resented me because it just looked like I didn't give a shit. And then before games, I would just pop pills. Volterin or ibuprofen or whatever so I couldn't feel shit ball out. I had an amazing year as a team. We had an amazing year and then go back to being physically miserable. And I tried everything. I tried so many different ways to cope, um, from a physical standpoint of strengthening all the muscles around my knee. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to learn some really great things from some unique minds in the, let's call it strength and conditioning world. So I got my tool bag for that kind of stuff is huge and nothing was working. And they kept saying like, oh, you don't need an MRI. We'll get an ultrasound. And the ultrasound showed that it looked a little stretched or something. And so we were like, okay, that's fine. And uh, we'll just keep keep on keeping on. Ice it, stretch it, do sorts of strengthening exercises. And nothing was working. And I played with it the entire year. Only when I came back home 
with the national team directly. And we at that time, we were playing Champions League and the French Cup and uh, the normal French League. And so we were in more or less three different <laughs> series. And we did really well in all of them. So we went really far. And we had to qualify for one of them. So we started really early. We played a lot of games that year. And when I was in Chamont, the airport was three hours away. So every time we traveled to whether Serbia, Russia... Um, teams that were far away and we had to fly. We had to drive three and a half hours in a fucking kennel, basically. These like shitty little vans um, where you're all cooped up like this and look like you're about to do a cannonball for, you know, three hours and then you travel somewhere else. There's just so much traveling and it's like, okay, go be super explosive and athletic, then come back in the kennel and we're going to ship you off to the next place. It's just not a super healthy lifestyle. Um, and I more or less paid the price. And a part of that was I had to have surgery. I mean, I came back home and was like, hey, my knee didn't feel good. And so with the national team, we we're like, all right, let's give it three weeks off and then slowly ramp up, gave it three weeks off, slowly ramped up, went to VNL, played Germany. Right after the match, I was like, dude, it still fucking hurts. And got sent home, got an MRI, and it was torn. And I think I played on it torn for six months. And maybe I could have prevented, um, it, it, let me actually say this. The hard part is I didn't want to know because I didn't want to have to face the judgment of maybe it is a bigger problem. And the second part was I was playing so good. I didn't want to stop that. I wanted to get out of the French league and come here to Poland. And in fact, mid midway through the year, I'd signed a contract to be here in Poland. And rather than saying, okay, I already signed a contract. Let's really go get my knee looked at. If I need surgery, it's four or five months and we're back. Instead, I was like, I want to keep balling and have an amazing season. And I did. And we did as a team. But I lost my contract in Poland in that year in 2018-19 because of my ego, more or less. Because I didn't say, hey, this is painful. I don't think it's just tendonitis. Let me go get an MRI right now. I could have done that and maybe could have got the surgery in February been ready for the national team and fulfilled my contract in Poland. But when you're playing good, it's like, you don't want anything to stop. And, uh, so now I'm really sensitive about it. you know, we get even on this team and on other teams I've been on guys are in pain and the, a, a lot of people don't care. Like I care, I care to learn the science. I care to learn and really understand. And that's just a part of my character in general is to really try and understand those concepts. And I've never been someone where it's just like, oh, you tell me what to do. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll just go do that. I've always been the guy to be like, well, explain it to me. I want to know. And actually, when I was a kid, that got me in a lot of trouble. Uh, I was probably a coach's nightmare growing up because you know, I'll never forget when I was at UH and Charlie Wade told me to... Um, he told me to static block. This is when I was playing opposite slash setter, if you can believe that. Um, and he told me to static block instead of swing blocking because I was over rotating or mistiming things or whatever. And I was like, why? Like in the middle of the practice, I was like, why? Why would I do that? I'm not the best jumper already. I had like a 28 inch vertical or something. I was, I was like, I need, I'm the kind of jumper. I need the full long approach to maximize my vertical. Why would I static block? And fought him on it. And he probably hated me. And I hated him too. But, you know, now our relationship's great. Uh, but, you know, I think the the part to learn from was actually looking back on it, eventually having to be like, all right, fine, I'll static block. And almost like, oh, you want me to static block? Fine, I'm going to static block so fucking hard. I'm going to be the hardest static blocker ever. And uh, 
I look back on it and it's like, wow, what a great moment because even though I, I wanted explanation and I went into his office to, to try to get an explanation, even though I didn't agree with it, it's important that I'm, and this is for coaches, whoever, it's important that players and people understand what's going on. I don't think it's enough to just tell a player. Um, also, I don't even know if that fucking story made any sense. But anyways, I don't think it's enough for coaches to just tell a player, hey, uh, all right, we're doing this. This is what you got to do. And, or a, a trainer just be like, all right, here's your workout. This is what you're doing. Like understanding the concept and the idea is so important. And I just don't, I actually don't understand how so many athletes just put up with like, oh, what do I got to do, coach? Okay. Oh, I got a little injury. Oh, uh, trainer, what do I got to do? Okay. What's the pain like? Okay. Like you as a player, once you understand the concept, it really opens the door for you to create your own opportunity. Once you understand like, I don't know what exercises help your knee, what movements help your knee, what's actually causing the pain. It allows you to start to understand how to cultivate your own, not only your own understanding, but your own solution. And the trainer now becomes a guide to help give you some ideas of the path to go down. But we just see so many players who don't give a shit and they're just like waiting for daddy or mama to tell them what to do. And I think it's weak. And to that point, like, I think it's a trainer and a coach's responsibility to explain things. Now, granted, you don't have to explain every little bit of detail, especially if players don't ask. But, you know, I do think it's, it's your job to best explain things and to at least open the door for players to, who don't agree with you or have questions to come in and, and be able to explain that to them in a way where they understand it. I don't know. I think maybe that's just my own personal feeling i just fucking hate just just being told what to do i've always been that way my parents are probably laughing right now um i just for me i shouldn't say that for everyone for me i want to know i want to understand because that's how i learn and i enjoy that process you know it's gotten me into trouble before but ultimately i think i think really trying to understand makes a big difference especially as a professional I just, I think definitely as a professional, like you need to understand your own body. You can't have someone else be explaining to you how your body works. You need to start to understand. You don't need to be a kines major or a biomechanics, whatever. Like you don't need all of that if you're not interested in it, but having a basic concept and understanding of what's going on in your body, how certain things work. I mean, I think that would be huge also in helping these kids prevent injury. I mean, we see so many players who get like the basic slap tear. I had it. I had it at 19. Should I be getting a slap tear at 19? No. I just did a post on Instagram. Like I watched myself. I watched some old film of me playing at Bay to Bay when I was 16. And uh, I'm swinging all arm. And I remember being that way as a kid. Like I was an all arm swinger. Just no understanding of where force um, starts from being able to rotate through with my hips, finish through, drive through on the ball. Like. None of that. I was just all arm. And your boy had a fucking cannon. A 16-year-old cannon. And that carried me a long way and carried me straight into a doctor's office getting surgery. And I wish I would have known the things I know now to potentially have avoided that surgery. And also, it's like, man, how many coaches did I have that I went through that saw I was swinging the way I was and didn't say anything? No one tried to fix my mechanics. And, uh, I just think that I don't, for whatever reason, that's not being brought up enough in the volleyball community. And, uh, I think it's important. 
Oh, anyways, I think this is chill. Look, where this podcast goes, it doesn't even matter. And nobody knows. No one can know. But um, I really hope it eventually becomes something educational. I want to, again, share my experience as a pro because, man, we sacrifice a lot. I mean, for 90% of American professional volleyball players playing overseas, we're making fucking breadcrumbs, you know? And you have to work really hard to get into a good league where you can get paid a a true a living that you can feel comfortable with. And for a lot of us starting in a low level league or working our way up, it's a, it is a grind. And as much as I hate the idea of just everything being a grind, dude, it's tough when you're making a thousand a month playing in Austria or Finland or something to work your way up. Um, you know, and you, you sacrifice relationships, you sacrifice friends. I mean, so much of that, um, gets thrown down the drain and granted like being a professional is great, but also sometimes it's just three hours out of your day. And then you're in cold weather, you're inside a house that gets no fucking lighting and you go crazy. Um, which is why it's so important to have balance. And it's like, for me personally, I love to surf. I love being in the sun. I love spending time with people I love. It's really simple. I'm very genuinely curious about so many things, but out here it's like, there's none of that. I do distance with my girlfriend family, friends, all back home. And I'm actually trying to work on a lot of projects, which is great. It's been the first time in my career where I'm really trying to give back and share and help the volleyball community. And it's time consuming, huge surprise. I mean, it's taken me, you know how many hours I've spent trying to get the audio to stop doing this feedback thing, which all of a sudden it stopped doing. That's hilarious. It was doing it for an hour before I even hit record on here. Fucking nightmare. I can't figure out audio stuff at all, but like keeping yourself busy is so important and not just busy, but finding something else you're really passionate about. I mean, as volleyball players, like I threw all my eggs when I was in college and was kicked off of two teams. This will be another for another time, but man, kicked off of two teams and finally let back and just changed my life completely. Like got so focused in on being the most professional person I could be on and off the court. Cause that's what I needed in my life to survive and look where I'm at now. But I just remember it felt like survival. On the other hand was I just absolutely was all in and loved being a professional. I loved eating healthy. I loved working out super hard. I loved the training that we were doing was so unique and different than anything I had ever done. Um, all those things combined ended up creating this feeling of like, this isn't work. It's not, it's just, everything felt like play and everything. I just got me. It was just like one thing led to the next. You started seeing results from eating. I was just, feeling better, sleeping better. Everything was so much better. And then you start seeing results. Oh shit. There's two abs. There's four abs. Your boy's got a six pack baby. And I was a little baby fat boy, you know? Um, so for me, those, that had a huge role in my life. And I, my vertical increased like eight to 10 inches in like five or six months of an off season. And I just started seeing insane results and got so addicted to that because I have a genuinely addictive personality. And as I've gotten older, it's been trying to find ways to get addicted to healthy things. And, uh, yeah, the point is this lifestyle ain't for everyone and it's a whole lot of fun, but it's also a whole lot of sacrifice. I mean, like we're so as professional athletes, my seventh year, like I'm so disconnected from real world people and like having a real world job and I mean, for the most part, this lifestyle can be so easy 
from a technical standpoint, show up to training. Here's the time. Here's the place. Here's a car. Show up, do your training, go home, watch Netflix, do whatever the fuck you want. Like you have so much time to do whatever you want. And, uh, the truth is after a while, it's depressing. This podcast already feels depressing. This isn't meant to be like a super depressing thing. Okay. I'm just saying it's hard. It is. It's really difficult. You give up so much to, to do the thing you love. And in some ways it's rewarding. God, when you're healthy and you're playing good and your team's winning, like there's no better feeling, but then you get an injury or your team's not doing great or it's freezing outside and you're just like feeling lonely. That's where things get really tough. And uh, the truth is you need solutions. You got to have solutions. And as much as I think like a handful of them, I can think of a handful of them. Like it doesn't, it's really about, about, you know, sticking to it because I have a tons of solutions, meditation, breath work. Like there's so many just different things that I know make me feel better. And yet like meditation, you can meditate for 10 minutes. And yet some, most days I don't do it. I'd be lying to you if I said I do it every day. I think about doing it. I really want to do it. I know it makes me feel better. And yet it always gets pushed back because there's always something else to distract you. Guess what? That's enough. We've had enough. I've had enough. Look, this was probably the saddest first podcast that's ever been released. But um, I do want to say, if you have any questions, let me know. This could turn into... uh, question answer we could do question answer episodes you could just hear me bitch about what's going on out here in poland uh, the issues i see in the volleyball community this could be so much so ultimately i really just want to share my experience as a professional share my philosophy and just let you guys in on what's good over here on the other side of the earth so that's it hope you enjoyed reach out to me at taverl13 on instagram or taverl13 at gmail.com let's have a conversation actually don't do that don't just send me an email to have a conversation let's just let's keep things distant for now or shoot me a DM. that's fine all right 